Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know I'm here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome along to another episode of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today I am going to be talking to you about stress and pain. What's their relationship? What impact can they have on each other? And what can we do to try and reduce the impact of both stress and pain and help maintain a good quality of life? That's what we're going to talk about today. This episode was prompted by a recent assessment that I did. So I was just doing a standard ergonomic assessment on a desk-based worker and everything was set up perfectly. She had really good positioning, really good equipment. And when we ran through the demonstrations and we, we measured it all out, she was set up perfectly, but she was reporting high levels of tension and discomfort across her shoulders. And all the little changes that I would normally make had already been done. She was really proactive and she was still getting this discomfort. So the conversation then moved on as it, as it does when we can't really find a physical cause. We start to look a little bit deeper. We start to talk about her job and we start talking about workload. And as the conversation progressed, it became very, very clear that she was under quite a lot of pressure, both from work and from external factors. And what was happening is like many, many people, she carries her stress and her tension in her shoulders. So as she's working and she's under pressure, she's tightening and tensing the shoulders. So this led to a bit of a discussion between us about stress, pain and that relationship. And that got my brain thinking. And hence, here we are now. So when it comes to life in general, be it work, be it relationships, be it past trauma, be it um, neurodivergence, be it whatever it might be, we all experience stress on some level. Now we respond to it differently and the same with pain, but we do all experience stress and pain at some point in our lives. And for many people, it can be really, really difficult to manage at the best of times. But if you then go and add in an acute injury, um, a cumulative repetitive stress injury or a long-term chronic injury or illness, it just becomes even more difficult. And when we think about it, does the stress cause the pain? Does the pain cause the stress? What's the relationship there? And if we can get a handle on this, hopefully this should be able to help you develop ways to reduce both. So we're going to explore this today. We're going to have a look at what's the relationship between stress and pain, have a little look at the science behind it, and then have a look at what we can do to manage both of them effectively. So the first thing I'm going to dive into, very simplified version, is how the brain and the body reacts to stress. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I've done a lot of reading about this area, both recently and in the past as well. So I'm really, really interested in it. So I'm going to give you a little simplified rundown. So when we feel stressed, be it caused by something physical or be it something psychological, when we feel stressed, we release stress hormones. I'm sure you've heard about it, your cortisol and your adrenaline and about the physiological effect that these can have. So 
when we release these hormones, you will experience often, you know, an increase in heart rate, that kind of feeling. What happens is the blood flow shifts from the frontal lobe, which is where conscious thinking is managed, shifts from there in the brain to the limbic system. And the limbic system, if you've heard of it before, you'll know, is associated with reactive emotional responses, your fight, flight, freeze response. So that's where that part is managed. The frontal lobe area contains what's called, and forgive me if I say this, if it's a bit memorable, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. I'm going to call it the DPC. This area helps to decrease pain. So it decreases how we experience the physical pain stimulus. In the limbic system, we have something called the amygdala. I'm sure you might have heard of it before. The amygdala sends a signal to the ANS, your autonomic nervous system. And this activates those physiological changes that we notice. So like the increase in heart rate. Some people experience a dry mouth. Some people experience butterflies in the tummy. That ANS causes that to happen. So the amygdala activates the ANS. It also activates the anterior cingulate cortex, the ACC. Again, apologies if I say that wrong. This area of the brain is implicated in emotion, in impulse control, empathy, decision-making. So this area becomes activated. Now, what has been shown is when this ACC area is activated, your DPC area that we talked about in the frontal lobe, that area that decreases pain, well, that gets turned off. And the physiological responses that we feel can impact your musculoskeletal system, your circulatory system, the nervous system, your GI system, so your gastrointestinal system, and your genital urinary system. All a bit of a mouthful. But basically, this response, the physiological response to stress can be felt everywhere within the body. So that's just a very, very simple breakdown of what happens in the brain and the body when we feel stress. Now, stress and pain are closely connected. Basically because the mind and body are connected. And the brain plays a really pivotal role in this connection because it processes both your emotional and your physical experiences. So as we said, stress triggers the body's fight, flight, freeze response, releasing the hormones, your cortisol, your adrenaline. And this leads to, as we said, the physiological responses, such as your muscle tension increased heart rate, heightened sensitivity to pain because that DPC area has been turned off. In a lot of computer-based workers or drivers, you'll often feel this response at the end of the day as a tightness across the shoulders, like this person I was assessing and into the neck because this is where a lot of us carry our stress and our anxiety. And if we are having these constant stress responses, but actually there's no impending immediate danger well, we're just going to carry it with us. It doesn't get used up. The hormones don't get used up. There's a physiological stress response, but there's no immediate danger. So by the end of the day, we can feel this a lot in the shoulders and the neck. So this is where you'll generally feel it for most people. Of course, there's other ways to experience it. But the one we most know, most of us will know, is going across the shoulders and the neck. Now, furthermore, chronic stress. So if this is going on continuously, this can disrupt the body's natural pain modulation system. So basically it makes it more difficult for you to manage pain and to alleviate that pain. And if your brain is focused on 
stress-related thoughts, whatever they may be, this can amplify your perception of pain. And this can cause a vicious cycle where stress worsens pain, pain in turn increases your level of stress. Now, if you consider the impact that an injury can have on the levels of stress, so if you develop pain or if you get an acute injury, you may feel worried. You may feel anxious about the injury itself. How this injury, how this pain is going to negatively impact your ability to work or your ability to carry out your general day-to-day tasks might impact your quality of life. You might be worried about the impact on you financially of being out of work or if you have to try and afford treatment and therapies. It can also impact your sleep if you're in pain and you can't sleep and, and social relationships. And all of these factors, any of them, can lead to an increased level of stress that you might experience. And if you think as well, some injuries, depending on them, can cause decreased mobility, decreased levels of physical activity, and then this in turn can cause more pain in the body, which can lead to more stress. So as you can see, and I have really, really good images in the blog post for this episode, the link of which is in the show notes. If you want to have a look at a, a visual kind of version of the what I'm talking about here, really, really good visuals, but it is a cycle. Pain, injuries can cause stress. The knock-on social, physiological, psychological effect of that injury can cause stress, can cause depression, can cause anxiety, which then can lead to musculoskeletal discomfort, increased symptoms such as IBS, anything like that. So it is a cycle. Now, when looking into this, I came across what's called the gate control theory. So this is a theory proposed by Mel Zakamal back in 1965 basically describes how there is a mechanism within the spinal cord that sends pain signals to the brain. And essentially, this mechanism influences how severely we perceive the pain. So your perception of pain is not equal to the intensity of the stimulus. So you might get the same injury two days in a row, the same little knock, the same bang, the same slight injury. But how you experience it, how you perceive it may be different based on the conditions at the time and how you're feeling. So according to the theory, pain perception is influenced by both physical and psychological factors. So if you're experiencing pain at a time when you're stressed or you're experiencing anxiety or emotional distress, this can open the gate for pain signals to be intensified and sent to the brain. However, If you experience physical pain at a time when you're experiencing positive emotions or you're you're able to apply maybe relaxation techniques, this can help essentially close the gate, leading the spinal cord to kind of attenuate that sensation of pain. So it reduces your brain's interpretation of those pain signals. So the most basic way that I can put it to you is think about it if you bang your thumb with a hammer first thing you do is grab your hand and start to rub and massage the area and doing that alone can activate this gate control mechanism closing the gate and essentially reducing your perception of that pain whereas if you were to bang your thumb with a hammer and not rub it, not do anything to try and make it feel better, not do anything to try and comfort yourself, 
well, then you are going to perceive that pain at a more severe and higher level. And for any of you that's ever used a TENS machine, for example, for back pain or during labor, this theory essentially explains how that works too. So how a TENS machine is supposed to reduce the pain. It's not that it's reducing the pain, it's reducing our perception of the pain. And as someone who has used one in labor, um, I found it really useful. And I'm glad that I now know how it works because I didn't understand at the time. I just did what I was told <laughs> to try and make myself feel better. But now having found the gate control theory, I do now understand how that machine works. And it is important to recognize that the stress pain cycle and how we perceive stress and how we perceive pain differs from person to person. And for some people, stress may come before physical pain and people may feel really, really physical symptoms associated with being stressed. Other people don't experience many at all. Um, for others, it could be an underlying medical condition might lead to pain and that can trigger stress and distress. So regardless of, of what your experience of is it, it, we do need to kind of look at how to break that stress pain cycle, how to separate them to help reduce their impact on you. So what I always say when it comes to managing stress and managing pain, first thing I always say to people is try and identify the source of the issue. So if it's ex you're experiencing stress and anxiety, try and identify the reasons, try and identify the cause and assess can changes be made to reduce how these the levels of stress, I suppose, that they're causing you. So for example, if you look at it and you realize that you're stressed and anxious when you're at work, or even you start to think about work, why are you stressed about work? What is it about it? Is it the workload? Is it the environment? Is it the people? Do you need more support? Do you need training? Do you need coaching? What I will always say to people is if you are feeling excessively stressed and anxious and distressed, and you're not really sure why, or you can't pinpoint why, seek professional help. Seek professional assistance to get someone who can help you work through it. And when it comes to pain discomfort as well, seek medical attention as early as possible. Liaise with work, liaise with your treating specialist, try and identify a cause. And if you're experiencing the pain in work, notify your manager, notify your employer and request assistance to address these issues. It could be an ergonomic risk assessment with somebody like myself. It may not. And the reason I say this before I go into the five kind of general tips, the reason I really, really highlight this is what I see so much in my field is people going for different treatments, be it counseling, be it physiotherapy, whatever it may be, to try and treat their stress levels, to try and treat anxiety, to try and treat physical pain, but then not really doing anything about the source of it. So you're constantly, constantly going for treatment without addressing the source. So I always think, be it stress, be it pain, so important to try and identify the source of it first. And then we can kind of go and try and put in place strategies to help it. So the five strategies, actually one of them is actually professional help. So we'll get that one out of the way. I have said that when it comes to stress and pain, always seek professional help if you need to, to try and identify the cause. You may know it already, but if you don't, you might even need help just with the treatment of it. Another way and strategy we can use is mindfulness and meditation. Now, I'm not a wellness guru. I am not a wellness expert. And I find this field is so massive and there's so much information out there. But 
Finding a mindfulness technique that works for you can help break the stress pain cycle by allowing you to be present, present in the now and what you feel now. Helps you focus on the now to stop the worrying about the future. So if you're worrying about, you know, not being able to work properly, not being able to meet people socially or what the impact of your injury might be down the the line, worrying about things in the future it just helps to pull you back into the now and that alone can kind of help with that meditation and deep breathing exercises calm your mind calm your system reduce the stress hormones and that can alleviate your perception of pain as i said i'm not a wellness expert the one thing and there's loads of tips out there online for different meditation and mindfulness and breathing techniques The one thing I will share that I find works really well for me, I'm a person who is very, very prone to overwhelm. I I take on a lot, always have done, and I will get hit with these moments of panic and stress and overwhelm where physically I feel it in my chest. And what I find works for me from a breathing point of view is inhaling very slowly, filling all the way down to my tummy and exhaling. But I exhale at double the rate that I inhale. So if I inhale for three, I exhale at six for six, pause for one, two seconds and go again. And again, sometimes I might inhale for four, then I would exhale for eight and pause and go again. And I find doing that even for a minute can help just bring me back and calm those symptoms. But if it's something you're interested in, there is so much online. So I won't even try it, but I'm just going to share it. That was my own tip. Physical activity is another way to help try and break the stress pain cycle. And I find this one is really hard for people because often if you are under stress or if you have pain, the last thing you want to do is physical activity. You know, it's really not where your head is at. But it's really good because regular exercise releases your endorphins, which are natural pain relievers and naturally boost your mood. And It can help in managing stress and pain at the same time. I will say, make sure it's something you enjoy. Do not go engaging in a physical activity for the sake of doing a physical activity. Find something you enjoy, even if it is a short 10 or 15 minute walk outside in the fresh air and come back. That in itself can do absolute wonders. And if you can do it regularly and that's all you can manage, you will find that that will make a difference. It doesn't have to be something super intense. It doesn't have to be something super physical, but it is important that you get the body moving. Fresh air outside can help really from a psychological point of view too. And just do it regularly and and see, you will notice a difference very, very quickly with that. The third strategy is cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. So CBT is effective in managing stress and chronic pain because it will help you identify and modify negative thought patterns that can contribute to the stress and the amplification of the pain. I'm not an expert in CBT. I have friends who do it. I have read up about it quite a lot and I've listened to quite a few podcasts where people are talking about it and their experiences with it. And while it's not for everyone, I think if you are feeling stressed, overwhelmed and you're in pain, it can be a really, really good place to start because that negative thought pattern even though it's it's not physical, it will increase your stress levels, which can increase how severely you feel pain, 
and then of course continue with the stress so definitely something to consider and the last one is social support and this is really important talk about your experiences with your friends with your family with a support group you know it doesn't have to be someone you know if it you know it could be a counselor it could be anybody but even just talking about how you're feeling getting the words out of your head and into the air or even onto a page if all you do is grab a journal and and write it all down sometimes even just taking the words and thoughts associated with the stress and the pain that you're feeling and getting them out of your head and into the open and onto a page can help keeping things in our head sometimes can really really amplify them and if we're going to amplify these feelings of stress then we're going to amplify these feelings of pain so the five strategies are your the first one i spoke about was your professional help mindfulness and meditation physical activity cognitive behavioral therapy and social support so the question of what came first the stress or the pain as with everything in ergonomics and human factors it does not have a simple answer we all experience and respond differently and the relationship is very complex and it moves both ways what i will say is following research into the area if you're experiencing stress or anxiety well this is going to exacerbate symptoms of any underlying conditions any underlying injuries and you can also have feelings of pain and discomfort in the absence of any known pre-existing issue just caused by the stress itself and then equally based on your own individual circumstances an experience of an injury or illness or discomfort can lead you to feel stressed and anxious but definitely understanding the science behind it all can just impair you to take some proactive steps and, and realize that you can break the cycle. It doesn't have to be this way. Um, just remember that you do, I think, always have to address both. Like addressing the stress alone may not resolve the pain. Resolving the pain alone may not resolve the stress. You do need to work on both to find relief and just to maintain a good quality of life for yourself. So that's the topic of stress and pain for now as always the images for this episode the sources for this episode are all in the blog post and that's linked in the show notes my email address and all my social media handles are there as well if you want to get in touch please definitely share this with anyone you think might benefit from it and get in touch with any topics you want me to cover and i got a couple of suggestions recently which i'm working on at the moment thank you very much So definitely get in touch with any topics you want me to cover. And in the meantime, everybody stay well and I will talk to you again soon.